What's up, guys? Edwin here. We got another episode for you on the False Nine podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the weekend in the Premier League, along with the other leagues around Europe. And we're also going to preview the first round of the Champions League group stage matches. Much more to come on the False Nine. All right, guys, Edwin here with my co-hosts, Santiago and Luis. How are you boys doing today? Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning. How are we doing, fellas? Let's go, man. Let's talk about this weekend. Let's go. Yeah, exciting stuff happening this past weekend in the Premier League. Let's get started with Santiago. I know you're excited to talk about this. Cristiano Ronaldo on his return to Old Trafford, baby scoring a brace against Newcastle. What do you got for us, Santi? See! <laughs> um, I'll be honest. Uh, we play like shit, but we're not going to talk about the team performance. We're going to talk about <laughs> Ronaldo. I loved it that the, the, the first goal he scored was a tap-in. Now I see all the haters. I'm, 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 I'm on brand with the Cristiano love, and I see now all the messy lovers like, oh, it was a fucking tap-in. My man went to the best league in the world at 36, while that, other, that little midget went to a farmer's league. So let's Yo, go. Put my- some respect on Messi, bro. Anyways, um, no, but that was unbelievable. It was, it was like scripted. It was, it was crazy. The first goal, you know he was trying in the first half really hard to score. Yeah. And, I mean, he got that little tap in. I mean, and, again, we were playing like shit. Awful. Just fucking Newcastle. Just get them relegated. They just don't play. They're like anti-football. Um, I wouldn't say all that. No, nah, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then the second goal was just pure Ronaldo. If we don't have, I do believe, if we don't have Ronaldo, that game we we tie easily, or we might lose. Well, okay. Well, what what makes you? What about the game says that you guys played horrible? Because you guys actually you dominated that match. You had sixty five percent possession, over six hundred. And 40 passes. And I, I mean, the scoreline 4-1 pretty much says it all. What, why do you think you guys played terribly? Empty empty stats, bro. I was watching the game. The, the, the passes were from left to right or backwards. It was We didn't actually create an actual chance until probably the second half. Like in the first half, we might have had like maybe one or two. We just couldn't break them. It's like the same old story of us just when people sit, park the bus against us. We can't really like break them through. And then their counters, like if Sam Maxima with Almiron, if they if Joe Ellington just was like actually knew how to play like the sport, like they probably could have scored at least one or two. Like they fucked up a couple. Let's um, go, baby. But yeah, um, no, I mean, I'll I'll agree that the first half it was definitely more on the on the even side for sure. But you know, coming into the second half, I thought the pairing of of Pogba and Matic it was actually it worked out pretty well, and I was kind of skeptical about that. Uh, seeing the lineup, but going forward, you guys seem pretty dangerous. Um, yes, it, it it does look scary. I'll be honest, but at the same time, we just play like bad. But like I said, I'm I'm not dwelling into it. It's just, it's Newcastle. It's I don't care if we play bad and we win four one. Like I I personally don't care. And to me, the 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 spotlight was on Ronaldo. He delivered. I remember telling Lewis. Remember, Lewis, I remember telling you on Friday or like Thursday, I forgot what day, 
that I was like, I'm expecting a hat trick. That is and, very true. And I'm like, yo, he had two. I don't think he could have had a, a third, but he was looking to score. Uh, Bruno, magnificent with that strike. Oh, yeah. uh, and then that dummy by Martial to set up Lingard. Ah, that's another thing. I love seeing Lingard when he plays. Scoring. Dude, that man loves his club, man. And he's been through from, like, the rebuild when it started, when post Sir Alex. He's been through the whole time. So, he's love to young, see it. He's a great young player. He's still a youngster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20, 28. Jeez. Yeah, Lewis, what did, what did you see from the match from what you saw? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Sante. I don't think they played that well. Um, Ronaldo's goal, it was, you know, the keeper kind of just spilled it right in front of him um, after the shot by mm, – who shot the ball, Santi? Was it Greenwood? Bruno? Greenwood? Mace, Mace, Mace. Greenwood. Greenwood shot. Keeper kind of misjudges the ball, falls right to Ronaldo's feet. Um, Newcastle, they wasted a lot of chances. Um, like you said before, Santi St. Maximin, who I'm a big fan of. He, he On the counter's attack, he gets, he gets really behind. Um, he uses his pace. Some of his decision-making was a little bad in the first half. He lost possession a bunch of times. Um, I think he lost possession 15 times or something. Um, but he did assist on the goal that they scored to, to tie it up at 1-1. And then in the second half, they did have a couple more opportunities on counterattacks, but they just couldn't capitalize. I think they're really missing that, you know, that key, a, a, a clinical striker. Like you say, Joe Linton, he just doesn't get it done. And they're, they're eventually going to have to get an upgrade from that if they really want to stay up. Well, well, to, to point out, they didn't have Colin Wilson. He was injured. So, usually I think he's the one that starts. Fair enough. And, but, you know, Joe Linton cost a lot of money for them, I'm pretty sure, too, when they bought him. Um, oh, no, Joe Willick, but he's trying. Jo, uh, Joe Willick and Miguel Amaron, I think they had some pretty good games as well. They were pretty dangerous. Um, Miguel Amaron and St. Maximum, you know, they linked up pretty well. Um, during those counters attacks, but um, I think United just the star power was too much, and they just were more clinical than Newcastle, honestly. Um, but uh, up until one one, which was you know almost an hour into the game, that could have gone either way. So, right, yeah. Um, well, in other news, the the other team in Manchester got the three points. Lewis, our favorite team, Manchester City. Just edging out against Leicester. What do you got for us on that one? Um, I was watching the game in sync with the United game. And, you know, Leicester, Leicester's always a tough fixture for us. You know, they they destroyed us last year in the beginning of the season. And they kind of just, you know, tempted us to buy Ruben Diaz. Um, but as always, you know, they're always looking to, to play Vardy in behind with some long balls, some through balls, counterattacks. Um uh, and we, 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 you know, we were struggling to find that. Not struggling, but uh, we had to. We have a lot of chances. Um, there was that that passage of play in the beginning of the game where we just, you know, we just shot it right into like all their all their center backs, bunch of blocks. Uh, Jesus almost opened it, opened it up early with a header. Uh, I think Grealish and Bernardo Silva they were really good together, um, linking up and uh, transitioning positions. Uh, Bernardo eventually did eventually get that goal. Um, but, you know, some more reps for the team. It was good to see Kevin and uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden back on the bench, coming back from their injuries from the Euros. Uh, and it, I think, you know, one nothing. you know, you, you see you say a team like City, one nothing. you know, it's probably you expect more, but it's a hard-fought It's a hard fought game against Leicester every time. And Leicester is just always so dangerous. And, you know, they, they had their chances as well. So I'll, I'll take the one nothing win. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a hard-fought victory. 
100%. I was actually, I was watching the game at a Manchester City bar in Philadelphia. Um, so that was a, a cool experience. But, you know, look, I think Leicester, the past couple of years, they have been giving us problems. I mean, ever since, ever since they won the league um, back in uh, the 15, 16 season, like I, I have not seen a match where we have completely just demolished them. That like, they have always given us uh, a fair share of issues against them. Uh, but no, I, I, from Leicester City's perspective, I think with the way that Brandon Rodgers is trying to implement his form of playing and system there, I think it was. I think it's very. There's there's good things to look forward to because I noticed that a lot of the times when they would they would sit back and invite the pressure, but they would definitely try to keep hold of the ball and, and possess and play out of the back um, doing intricate passes. Uh, and there was only one time that that actually worked where they played out from the back, back started from the goalkeeper and actually created a full-on chance. Um, but Leicester definitely had two or three opportunities to, to put one away on us. And we, like we said, we just, we just edged out on them. Um, so no great three points, Harfell victory. Um, and yeah, that's it's going to be good to get the reps. And like you said, Lewis, um, elsewhere in the Premier League title contenders who Santi doesn't believe in Liverpool sees out Leeds United three nil. Injury is already starting, fellas. It's, it's, it's just a ticking time bomb. That's all I'm saying. Want to elaborate on that? Well, Harvey Elliott like broke his ankle, right? I don't know. Some, some it's, it was it just looked, ankle, I think it looked bad. Yeah, well, did uh, what did you guys make of the performance against against Leeds at a buzzing Ellen Road, might I add? Oh, Ellen Road guy. Um, <laughs> Edwin's been to Ellen Road. Uh, wow, grand total of zero times. He just knows about the atmosphere there. But most solid on the score sheet, Fabinho and Mane. Um, I think a good good win for Liverpool. Definitely, it's sad to see what happened to RV Elliott, but you know they had thirty shots against um leads leads you know they were down to 10 men after the the, the red card for at pasqual for pascal shujik whatever his name shuik shuik but at that point they were already up to nothing right so you know just a you know an expected win for liverpool um the possession was kind of balanced throughout the game but i, I don't leads didn't get enough chances out there um and, you know, being down to 10 men after being down to nothing, that kind of just hurts you down right there. But, you know, good performance for Liverpool to keep up with the pace with the, everyone else on the table. So, yeah, no, for sure. And Leeds, like, even though they were down when they were down 1-0, they went down 2-0, um, you know, they did not change their playing style at all. They def- they were so courageous in, in going forward and, and applying as much pressure as they could and they didn't change their their playing style, you know, fucking Marcelo Bielsa's murder ball type style of play. It's it's very entertaining to watch. And the, the match was actually very end to end, the opening 30 minutes, I want to say. Um, and then once once Liverpool took the lead, you know, Leeds did get a little bit discouraged, but they still they still kept on with the way that they performed. Um, so no, I mean, and you said uh Lewis, they, they were able to keep the pace, but if they they're able to keep that that squad healthy, I think they probably have one of the most dangerous starting eleven in the league. It's a, a good point, Edwin. Remember what you said. If 
That's why I keep doubting them. Yeah, yeah, no. And I don't think in terms of depth, I don't think that they've done well, especially this transfer market. But a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people keep ruling them out and not, you know, seeing them as title challengers. But look, that front three of Mane, Salah, Jota, now that Firmino's injured with a hamstring injury, um, it's it's dangerous. And they have Van Dyke back and healthy, and he looks like he's he's right back into the groove of things. Trent Alexander-Arnold is is back finding his form again. Um, so I don't know, man. This Liverpool team is is they're gonna give people problems, and I definitely have never ruled them out at once. But anywho, moving on. Santi, there's something you want to talk about in terms of relegation battle. <laughs> talk to us, baby. Let us know. Oh my god. Well, the the worst club of the big six, Arsenal, finally scored. Got lucky. 30 shots, one goal against recently promoted Norwich. I don't know how any Arsenal fan could be happy about this performance, but at the same time, what have they been happy about in the last like seven months? So I don't know. I just, I was a little upset. I thought Norwich, Norwich, a recently promoted team playing away at the Emirates had the balls to play possession against them and not even sit, sit at the back. That's crazy. That's all I'm saying. Lewis, I know you have uh, disagreeing views on on the match and how this helps Arsenal. Give us your input. The season starts versus Norwich. This is what I've been preaching. Arsenal, healthy squad, Ben White back. We saw um, Takahiro Tomiyatsu get his first start. Ainsley Ainsley Maitland-Niles making his way into the team. Martin Odegaard, Aubameyang, Pepe, Saka, Lakanga. Key there, Lakanga, Kieran Tierney, and Gabriel, and Aaron Ramsdale in school. That is going to be the side that will get Arsenal between fifth and eighth place. I'm retracting my other statement from the other podcast where I retracted my first statement about Arsenal, where they were coming, <laughs> no where, way. I, where I said they would finish between eighth and tenth. Now they're going to finish between eighth and fifth. Fifth um, and eighth, you mean? Fifth and eighth, whatever, same thing. Stupid. It's still in between those numbers, right? That's where they're going to finish. They got they got the team out. Um, if anything, only switch I would make is get Partey in there a little bit more. Average squad age, 24. I think that's probably the youngest out of the big six. I'm telling you, this is a project. They're building, and they're here. If they didn't lose to Brentford. But they did. It, but, but I'm saying if they didn't. But they did. So what? Are you giving them a draw or something? I'm not giving them a draw. I'm just saying if they didn't lose to Brentford. So, so I'm saying, win. so what So what are maybe we, they, what are we assuming win, here? Maybe they draw. Maybe they win a draw. Okay. We're having a completely different conversation. If they That's, draw Brentford, uh, I still think we still have doubts. There's still doubts, but we only clowned them because Brentford was the first game of the season and they lost. Nah, That's, the only, a, reason I, That's I, the only reason we're clowning them. Because I, I the next them, two games... I, I clown them more because they're not scaring anyone and Norwich literally are bottom of the table and just try to play them straight up and possess the ball. And we're pretty doing pretty well for it. And if you see Arsenal's goal, I know they shot the ball 30 times, but that, that goal was fucking lucky, bro. That's all I'm saying. Oh, well, look, goals, Lewis, are, goals are lucky now. Now we want to take away goals. Lewis, no, Lewis, we don't have to take Lewis. it away. We don't have to take. Hey, they won, bro. I'm not taking this shit away from. I'm just saying they suck. Well, look, just, look, look. Just let them cook, man. Bunch Lewis, of fools, gold, bro. Lewis, I I hear you on the point that you're that you're making. I definitely hear you on that for sure. Um, but I think 
where me and Santiago are coming from is the fact that the fact that their season starts at Norwich, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for Arsenal. One. Number two, watching that game, it wasn't a convincing victory. They That goal was a very lucky goal. It was a very even match, even though obviously the shots comparison between the two are, are marginally different. But either way, I don't think it's a convincing win. And I, you know, watching clips from AFTV, you know, having uh, seeing fans talk about the performance, a lot of the fans agree that that game wasn't convincing enough. The fact that they won one nil against Norwich is not good enough. And the fact that that goal was extremely lucky on their end when they should have had watching it over the highlights, they should have had four or five goals without a doubt, but they didn't. Who, so Arsenal? Arsenal, yeah. Okay, it happens, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, it happens. I'm not taking the victory away from them. I'm just saying this victory, you can't you can't put too much into it in terms of, oh, we're moving forward. Yes, it's a, it's a great step in the right direction, but I still think they have some things to worry about. Like, I wouldn't, um, be, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Burnley next week, bro. I wouldn't be surprised about that. And then, the, and then they got Spurs after, so that's all I'm saying. But well, no, they turn up for those London derbies, man. Good, good signs though on my end for, from that Arsenal game. I thought uh, Maiden Main Niles played well in, in midfield. Um, Lakanga, like you said, Lewis, he had an exceptional match. And Tamioko, I like, I fucked with him. He was, I thought he was great at right back. He actually almost scored a, a chance also. Would have been a screamer too. But, you know, I think the fact that they, this project, how young the squad is, it's going to take some time. And I get that. I've always understood that. So hopefully in the coming, I don't know, three to five years, they can they can actually start contesting for, I don't know, maybe like a top top three or four finish. Are you guys insane? Oh, my God. Three to five years to compete for top four. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Bro, when's the last time they got into the top four? Vengers like like three, four years ago. No, Vengers last year. They were fifth, bro. They were fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Come on, bro. You should know that about your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on from Arsenal. Chelsea get the win over Aston Villa. And Romelu Lukaku scoring a brace also. A thumping second goal as well. Santi, give us your take. Hold on. Before we... I just I can't move on. It's been five years for Arsenal. It's five years. Since the 15-16 season. Sheesh. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, uh, my takeaway. Um, I was a little surprised. Villa were playing well. Saul was awful. Saul played garbage. That's a little, that should be a little concerning, but maybe with a couple more games under his belt, uh, he might be better. Lukaku clinical, as always. Just literally had two chances, two goals. Uh, me, and, uh, me and my buddy of mine were watching the game at a bar, and we were pointing out, like, uh, Tuan Sebe, who was on loan at Villa from United. Uh, he actually was holding him down pretty well. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So I feel like the score is kind of like it doesn't really reflect how the game went. The first, like Villa was controlling the game, then Chelsea get that first goal, and the second one was just like a mistake. And then the third one was just Villa was going all out attack at that point. It's just like they're they're in a bad position. So like, listen, I think you can't look into so much of like, oh, Chelsea dominated. They didn't, but they did what they had to do. And they were clinical. I feel like, like, again, like going back to the United thing, like there's some things you don't play well. Just got to win those games. 
Wow, it's crazy how the agenda switches when it's Arsenal <laughs> and then when it's Man United and Chelsea. It's what do you crazy. Mean, it's crazy. It's it's different when you're at the top of the table than when it's you're at relegation. Well, well, no, look, the Chelsea and Arsenal are on way different wavelengths. Yeah, what the hell, bro? What? I'm just saying it's crazy, bro. Just yeah, they, Chelsea had like what four chances? They scored three goals. That's it. Arsenal shot the ball thirty times, one goal. Well, yeah. Lewis, what, what about you? What's your takeaway on, on the Chelsea's vic- 3 0 victory? I don't, don't want to talk about that club, man. Don't even nah. Worry. All right. Well, then I guess I'll, I'll talk about them then, I guess. Look, uh, you mentioned Saul Santi. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of a lot of Chelsea supporters were <laughs> demolishing Saul on, on social media, which I felt was kind of was kind of harsh. You know, he's played in he's played in La Liga his entire career, and obviously La Liga is a way different league than the Premier League it's it's more focused on technique and and possession based and, and slow build up uh so I think it's going to take some time for him to get used to the pace of of the league in England and how fast things are and how physical it could get um so and but you know Tuchel noticed that at halftime and or during the first half and, and made the switch at halftime uh so yeah, like you said, a couple more games under his belt. I'm sure he'll get the the swing of things going because he is a, a top class player. But Lukaku, man, she's take your hat off. Two goals. This man, like you said, Santina, in our second episode, he should he's definitely getting upwards of 25 goals. You said 30. It's gonna be a big ass, but I could see it happening 100 percent All right, moving on. Lewis, it is time for your Trivia question of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Lewis, give it to us, baby. Right, so as we spoke about before in the Liverpool game, I mentioned Mo Salah was a scorer. That also ended up being his 100th Premier League goal. Now, fellas, there are a lot of, a lot of goals being scored in the Premier League, and we got a couple guys that have scored 100. So my question today for you is that in 60 seconds, can you name me the 10 fastest players to score 100 Premier League goals? 60 seconds, ready, set, go. Aguero, Kane, uh, Alan, Alan Shear, Thierry Henry, Rooney, Robbie Not Fowler, Rooney. Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler, yes. Thierry Henry, yes. That's five. Um, you said 10, right? Yep. Does Salah count or not counting Salah? Salah does count. Okay, Salah. Uh, Salah, Salah actually, I think he was, what, the second fastest now? No, he's the fifth fastest. Oh, fifth. Okay. Um, not Michael Owen. Um, uh, not Drogba. Um, oh, uh, Cantona. Nope. No, no, no. He didn't score none. Andy Cole? Yes, Andy Cole. Um, York? No, no, not Dwight York. Ten seconds left. Fuck. Lampard? Not Lampard. Five, Suarez. four, Suarez. three, two, oh, he didn't get one. Boom. What did you miss? Well, you said not Michael Owen. Michael Owen actually did. Oh, he was? Damn. <laughs> so, in order, it's Alan. Sh- no, I'll go start top bottom to Robin Van Persie got to 100 goals in 197 Percy. games. Van Persie, right. Michael Owen and Andy Cole both scored 100 goals in 185 games. Mm-hmm. Les, Fern- Les Ferdinand scored 100 goals in 178 games. Robbie Fowler did it in 175. 
Ian Wright in 173. Uh, I forgot Ian Wright's name. Mo Salah in 162. Thierry Henry, 160. Sergio Aguero, 147. Harry, Harry Kane, 141. And Alan Shear got 100 goals in his first 124 Premier League games. Go. Amazing record. Amazing. Go. Ronaldo, he'll probably get to 100 goals by the end of the season. Well, how many games does he have? Um, he doesn't have 100 goals yet, so I don't know. He has, I think, 88 now. I think it's 86 Premier League goal scorer. Well, no, that was before that was before he came back. No, this is what he what his new goals. He has well, yeah. 80, he has 86 goals scored. He's got 197 appearances. So thank you, gentlemen, for playing trivia. I win again. We'll see you for this week's midweek episode when I get our new trivia questions out. I call rigged. Lewis is cheating on this. How am I cheating? Anywho, we moving on now. All right, moving on around Europe, we'll see our way over to Italy where Santi, your man, Jose Mourinho, gets his 1,000th managerial game under his belt and he seals it off with a win. Roma beats Sassuolo 2-1, very late in injury time. What do you got for us? Yo, I love that man. I love seeing him happy. I, I hate everyone <laughs> saying I hate I hate everyone's just bashing like oh just wait till the honeymoon's over like give it like a couple of months, and it's like it's crazy it's just how much it means to him, um, and he's like he's always been painted as the bad guy but listen to, at certain points he's been well deserved, yeah but I feel like I think it's it's gotten to the point where like just we don't we don't have to call him the best manager anymore we don't I think he knows that too is the reason he went to Roma, and I feel like a lot of I feel like it's been a long time since those ex- that these expectations have been as low as I've ever remembered for him. In a good way, though. I don't think that he's finished. I just think that how competitive he is and just, like, sometimes his mindset it is a little outdated, I'll be honest. Um, especially has his philosophy to play games. It just doesn't work sometimes. I, I, I think his, his man manage, his man managing way does that make sense yeah man i think management. it's just yeah i think it's man management it's just like i think that's where he lacks the most i don't even think it's like his philosophy of like parking the bus i think it's just man management of like he's above the players and i think that's, that's the only thing that he has to really correct but in roma there's no really superstars i mean tammy's gonna become one soon real soon um played a great game uh, again him and pellerini were linking up a, a lot um but, yeah, no, happy to see him win. They're top of the table, yo. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, no, Santi, I hear you on that point about, you know, Mourinho's man management. But, like, watching watching the Roma game, the way that they played, I was extremely impressed. I'm not going to lie. The link of play, the buildup, uh, you know, the whole pace that they go at, it's just – it seems like it's flowing. Oh, and yeah, they, they're, they're playing very offensively. Yeah. It's, really, pl- it's crazy. They're playing so well, so well. And that was it was a good match all around because because Sassuolo was also performing pretty well. Also, it was a pretty end to end game. Um, but yeah, no, look, Tammy seems like he's enjoying himself out there. He got the start. He he got on the back of a couple of chances. He he linked up very well. And El Sharawi, man. Oof. But I will admit 
Sassuolo, they definitely they scared they scared Roma one hundred percent because they had a bunch of opportunities to score. They also they also hit the post as well on a couple of occasions. Um, but no, Lewis, what do you think? What do you think this this victory does for for Roma? You think they could see it out and and push for a Scudetto run, or what do you think? Well, Roma right now they find themselves top of the table. Uh, tied with Milan and Napoli, who just came off a big win versus Juventus. And we'll get on them a little bit later. But, you know, right now, the way they're looking in their form and the way they're playing, uh, you know, Tammy firing off at full cylinders. I, I didn't think he was giving enough of a chance at, at Chelsea. Um, probably just didn't fit the Tuchel system. But, you know, if Jose, Jose can get the best out of this, this team, you know, we could see them make a, a great push. Definitely a top four expectation. And if they could push for the title you know, more power to him. Um, Jose, big achievement, one of the, you know, most legendary managers we've ever seen, especially in the modern game. Um, you know, the things he did at Porto and Chelsea and Inter and Madrid, you know, those, those, those prime years in his career, we can't, we can't overlook that. And for him to get this win in his 1,000th game as a manager, um, very great for him. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan tactically, but, he does give us some good laughs. Um, he is a character. I do love his attitude about the game. And I do – I don't know, Santi. I, I think I disagree. Um, I feel like him as the head coach, you know, his man management could could be a little better. But I think him as a head coach, seeing himself above the players, I think, you know, at the end of the day, he's the boss. He makes the decisions. But, you know, there are a lot of egos in the, in the sport. No, but, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying – I just think it's more because – he the sometimes the results don't back it up so i feel like that's why that's, that's why that, that's the only thing like i mean just i feel like for players that are like like ronaldo ronaldo motherfuckers cocky shit but like you could accept it because he's he fucking is always going to be your top scorer and he's always going to win you trophies you know yeah. what i mean i think the reason why we're kind of tired with Mourinho you know is because we go to the cycle of like okay there's just one year he does amazing second year he might fall expectations a little short and in that third year it's like just everything just gets halted because like oh why we have to support him and shit like that so yeah to to touch on that point do you think this is where you know coming back to Italy you think this is where he can kind of you know turn the last couple years of his career around and and start being regarded as all right this is the man you know he could get back to that status I mean I still think he's kind of young I don't think it's really the end of his career but he's only 58 well, no. If you look at if you look at um, you know, his time with uh Chelsea and then United, and then or his second stint at Chelsea and then United, and then Tottenham, you see that there's a decline in, you know, his winning percentages and stuff. And then that's where you know the the pundits and the media and and the fans they start to say that he's he's kind of declining and getting washed up. So can he turn this? Can he turn that narrative around? here in Italy is what I'm asking. Well, um, you know, he knows, he knows the league. Well, he, he won a treble with Inter Milan, uh, and a couple extra Scudettos here and there. Uh, Roma, definitely a very young club. No one, you know, probably a lot of people wouldn't expect this fast start out of them, but it's a long season. Still 35 games left in Serie A, but you know, the way they've been started, I don't see why not, you know, they can maybe win the title and push for it. And, Now's a good time to take advantage while you have Juventus sitting in 16th place. Yeah. Speaking of Juventus, 
they fall short against Napoli. And gosh, will I say that was a terrible performance on them. They were completely dominated that entire match. Santi, I know you're happy for this because you, you don't like Juventus. So tell us about it. Who likes Juventus at this point? Jesus Christ. Like, have some self-dignity if you like them. God. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in piss, bro. No, bro. They really were saying that they don't need Ronaldo. That's funny. That team is terrible. But, do I want to do give a little shout-out to Moiskeen. I felt bad for him because that, that his his mistake cost him, uh, gave Napoli that second goal. I felt I saw it in his face, especially coming back to his, to that, to his boyhood club. Felt bad. But other than that, fuck you, bro. Rest in piss. The 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 more t- I don't think it's time to panic yet. To be fair, as Napoli is still a good side, but the only thing you it's cause for concern because these are the kind of games that they didn't lose in the past, and now it's easier for them. It's hard. It's becoming harder for them to just win the those those games that they would win, and you know, just picking up points all the time. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, and you know, not being too concerned about it. Um, and because I was thinking about this earlier, actually, in, in preparation for for tonight's episode, um, you know, I, I watched the game. I see their their positioning in in the league and I couldn't help but, you know, obviously think of how we treat the situation with Arsenal. You know, because Juventus are sitting 16th, Arsenal in a very similar position. But for some reason with Juventus, I feel I also feel like we don't have to worry too much. The only thing. Because, you know, three games in, Juventus have been dominating and have been at the top of the pecking order for the last decade, without without a doubt. So that's why I feel like there's not much concern. They could definitely turn it around. However, the only thing that concerns me is how terrible they played and how, how they were outperformed, basically. They were completely dominated. 32% of the ball compared to Napoli, 68%. They only had eight shots, four of them being on target. And, and yeah, Napoli just completely took it to them. So those are my areas of concern for them. Lewis, anything you, you want to add on, on Juventus's front? Um, I think my opinion on Juventus has been well documented on the show, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt that I do think they were missing some key players in this game that could have made a difference. Who were they um, missing? No Dabala, no Federico Chiesa, no Juan Cuadrado. I think it was a, those are three starters right there that they were missing out on. Um, but they don't get that much sympathy from me. Rest in piss, Juventus. I hope they get relegated to. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> All right, now, nah, y'all are bugging. All right, anywho, moving on. We also have Inter Milan tying to Sampdoria. That was an actually a really good game. Three of the four Games that were uh, goals that were scored in that, that match were absolutely beautiful, top stunners. Um, but yeah, Inter Milan dropping some points. It's going to be interesting in terms of of the table when you look at it. But the other team in Milan, AC, AC Milan, get the victory over Lazio two 0 and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, comes back from his injury, and he gets on the score sheet. What do you guys think of of Milan's performance? Um, definitely good to see Zlatan back um, from, you know, from injury. Dude's almost, is he 40 yet? I think he's right there. He don't age, bro. 
it doesn't age. It ages like wine. Got that got that goal to make it to nothing. Um, Lazio, uh, a very good side in Serie A. Serie Mobile, they were able to shut him down. Uh, Serge Malikovic Savage and those guys. Um, oh, Felipe Anderson, too. I did not know they had um, – he did not know he was at Lazio. Yep, yep. Um, you know, Lazio is a team that we expect a lot from in Serie A. And that's a big win for AC Milan and definitely a big win as they go into their game on Wednesday. Um, but it's good to see Zlatan back there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely hear you on that. Lazio, like you said, you know, they're regarded highly in, in Italy, especially within the past uh, three, four, four years where they've really kicked it up. But AC Milan, I, I felt that they played beautifully, even though they didn't, you know, have as much as the ball as much of the ball as, as Lazio did. They still, the way they linked the play, their, the way they moved, a lot of their their set pieces look very good. You know, if you have, imagine Zlatan in the starting lineup, that's going to be dangerous in Europe this season for sure. All right, moving on from Serie A, let's go over to La Liga, where Real Madrid see off Celta Viga 5-2. Beautiful performance. Luis, give us your take. What can I say? The Formula One car, Kareem Benzema, uh, best player in La Liga, comes through with a hat trick for Real Madrid to see off Celta Vigo. Um, they got down pretty quickly four minutes into the game for, uh, in the fourth minute by Santi Mina. Santi, good job on that, on that goal right there. And But they were able to bounce back. Uh, you know, like I said, the hat trick for, for Benzema, the goal for Vinicius Jr., and Eduardo Camavinga scoring on his Real Madrid debut. Also, you know, very nice to see his young career get started off great. Uh, the game, I'll say a little, a little, a little back and forth. We saw in the game, Celta Vigo. You know, they stayed in the game. They were up two one again too, and it wasn't until the second half that uh, Real Madrid was really able to push away. But you know, offensively, Real Madrid fifteen shots, eleven shots on target, sixty percent possession. They were really taking it to Celta Vigo. But, you know, versus 11 shots and four on target. But definitely a, a good win in La Liga for Real Madrid as they prep up for their Champions League game in the middle of the week. They also have a big one, too. So uh, big ups to the Frenchman and Vinicius Jr. He's he's getting off to a hot start. He, yeah, three he, goals in three or more. Yeah, yeah. Was it three goals in three? He was scored in each game so I far. Think it's, I think it's three and three, maybe four and three. But big, <clears throat> big ups, Vinny, bro. Great, great, great finish on his goal. Um, and it's, it's good to see this, you know, him finally putting it all together and coming up big for Madrid. Yeah, no, 100 um, percent. You know, like you said, Luis, uh, Soto Vigo really, really started off strong and they definitely gave Real Madrid a match. And it wasn't until pretty late on that Real Madrid was able to to finally break, break through in that match to, to seal the victory. But Vinicius, he's really stepping up, man. He's really performing top-notch. He's in great form to start the season. Kamavinga, love to see him get, get a goal in his debut. Um, so good things to come. And this Real Madrid, I wasn't really rating them that highly, at, you know, coming into the season. But I think they're going to be a force to reckon with. Um, I don't know how they're going to do in Europe, you know, because the past couple of years they haven't been doing that well. But they keep up this form we might we might see them make a good run in all right barcelona didn't actually play this weekend though um they had a match against sevilla but that match was 
postponed date is yet to be confirmed. Uh, so the reason why that game was postponed, boys, is because the World Cup qualifiers in South America. So the last match for their qualifiers was this past Friday. And a lot of La Liga players would not have been able to attend the matches this weekend in La Liga. So ahead of time, La Liga actually, um, you know, put in a request to have uh, the match between Barcelona and Sevilla postponed, along with the Villarreal and Alavis match postponed. And that was actually denied on the first attempt, but they they sent in another request and, and it got approved. Um, so dates yet to be confirmed, like I said, um, but that's, that's going to be a really good one whenever it does happen. Atletico Madrid, however, just see the win against Espanyol. Santi, give us your take on that match. Uh, it's very, it's pretty even. Uh, I think the first half, Espanyol was like really taking it to their, their down their throats. Um, I mean, they got, they were up on nothing. Uh, Griezmann, everyone again mentioned Griezmann. Shout out Griezmann, he's back. He looks yep. like a. I, I can finally say, wow, he's actually a good footballer. Um, because <laughs> that was ever in question. Oh, big time at Barca, dude. I just feel like the attitude changed just by him shaving his head and like just looking. I don't know, something just about him just changed. I, um, but I mean, he didn't play that well. Uh, we'll see. He'll just adjust. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's gonna fit in all the pieces because they got a lot of options now. Um, but no, he brought in a lot of he. The subs that he made in the second half were great. Lamar played a heck of a game, um, and that's who ended up scoring the last goal. But it was crazy, yo! Ten minutes for a stoppage time. I, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I didn't I didn't I didn't watch closely enough to like like all right it should have been like I didn't watch it I only watched like the to the, know the, whether or not the added time yeah like the highlights and stuff yeah but, but I was I was looking at a lot of the Spanish media outlets and they were like saying like yo like that's that was that's fucked up like it's too much yeah yeah you don't usually see you know matches going into 10 minutes of, of stoppage time but is Santi you know this is the second successive match week for Atletico where they they just see out a result you know can they keep playing this way and performing this way if they want to retain the title and, and make a push for a European championship as well? Like, What needs to change? Um, I mean, what needs to change? I mean, like I mentioned before, I don't think his defense is what he wants it to be. And I think, I mean, I don't think they set up like this, but I think it's got to be a point where he has to just play offensively and just, you know, like well, that's the thing, though, because, you know, Simeone, he has a very defensive approach to the way he lines up and his playing style. And he seems like the type of, of manager that is is pretty set in his ways and isn't going to really change much to his approach. But I don't I don't know how they can continue to play on like this, where they're just seeing games off by winning by a goal up or, right. you know, you know, it's it's just at a point, it's just like, I don't know, it becomes unattractive to me from a neutral point of view. And it, I question how they even make a run in Europe to begin with, you know, and how they even won the title last season when, you know, they, they actually did have a great lead against Barcelona and, and, and Real Madrid in the standings. And then, you know, it wasn't up until the last few weeks or last month or so where everything got very close. And I don't know. I don't see how they could challenge for the title if they continue to play that way. But a win is a win, however, so I'll give it to them. 
Valencia sitting in second place. That's surprising you guys. They 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 beat Osasuna 4-1. Um, is this can we see Valencia starting to to go on the rise again and, and go back to what they used to be? I don't think so. Uh, I feel like every time something good happens to them, they and the 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 the, the board just ends up just fucking them up. Like I think was it two years ago when they won like the Copa del Rey, they just destroyed that team right away. Jeez. So I don't. I personally don't think so. But uh, well. From what I saw from that game, it looked like they they played pretty well. Their set pieces were – oh, no, not their set pieces. I'm sorry. Their delivery into the box from open play. They looked like they – shit, if I if I didn't know any better, I'd think Kevin DeBorn was on that damn team. Um, Valencia, I think we'll see their true colors within the next month. Uh, this Sunday they play Real Madrid, then Sevilla, then Athletic, and then two weeks later they play Barcelona. Jeez. So we'll see. So we'll see how real they 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 are after that run of run of games, but you know, good start for them. Uh, joint top in La Liga uh, right now. So again, they got to hold that form. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. Hopefully the La Liga season is is a very competitive one. But to moving on to a not so competitive league, let's talk about Bundesliga, where surprise surprise. Bayern Munich thrash Red Bull Leipzig. What was the score again? I don't even care for this Five damn one. team anymore. Four to Five one. one. Four to one. What, what is it? Four one. Five one. Four, four one. It wasn't five? It was four. Oh, shit. Yeah, four. I'm pretty sure it was four. So, yeah, they, they thump Red Bull Leipzig four one. And it's just like, what else is new at this point? Uh, Fellas, give us your take. Um, I'm ready to buy in on some Leroy Sané stock. What? Uh, what? I'm ready to buy in on Leroy Sané stock. He He's back on the left wing now where he's preferred. And I think we're going to see, you know, he scored. So I think we're going to see a, a resurgence in his game. He hasn't had the greatest start to his buying career, but um last couple games for club and country um we see him thriving on the left side again Lewandowski got in the score sheet through a penalty uh Jamal Musala Musiala let's say you say yeah. it was yeah Musiala Musiala on the score sheet same thing with Chupo Moting um and Byron you know they play play a really strong side against Leipzig but you know as Santi mentioned before Leipzig pretty much you know got raided by Bayern this summer and it, it, it wasn't going to be enough, um, even with the goal they scored. Andre Silva, Andre Silva couldn't get on the score sheet. And, you know, they're just missing the firepower and the quality to really match up with them bar for bar. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to see if anyone can really catch Bayern like that. Yeah, and you know, you know what's interesting? After the match, uh, um, New York native Tyler Adams, he actually he spoke out and he, he plays for Red Bull Leipzig, uh, for those that don't know. He spoke out and he, he was pretty annoyed and upset. And he, what he said was basically like he finds it so frustrating that every team in the league sells to Bayern. And they wonder why Bayern always run away with it, basically, is what he was saying. 
and saying how he's so confused by that by that concept as to why they just let Bayern buy every single player in Germany from all these smaller teams, which therefore obviously doesn't make the league as competitive anymore. Santi, what do you think needs to happen to go? What do you think these teams? Do you think these teams need to, you know, take a stand and, and not sell to, to Bayern anymore in, in order for the Bundesliga to not be such a crappy league? Well, I think the the overall issue, which is not Bayern's fault, it's because of the brand and stuff. But the issue is, uh, I don't know if you guys, I don't know. It's true every year. But I, I'll never forget the first year that I heard it was the the, the amount of money Bayern get from, the, the amount of TV money Bayern get from winning the Bundesliga is equal to this amount of money that the, the, the 20th place team in the Premier League gets. TV money. So, so not that much. No. I mean, I don't know exactly the numbers, but that's bad. So I think, right, there's an issue as, as for the league as a whole. For the teams to be more competitive, they need to get more revenue from sponsorships, TV deals, etc. Now there's the, the big issue of their sell to Bayern, but the reason why they sell to Bayern is it's the only way they get the money sometimes, you know? I do, I do see collu- a lot of collusion of like Bayern always like agreeing to personal terms with players that are like a year out or two years out of their contracts and they just get them for free. That is a little fishy. That could, if you look at more into it, you could probably like fix. But other than that, they, they can't fix the, like the competitive issue until they, the whole, the league as a whole gets more revenue. Right. Okay. All right. Lewis, your, your take. Um, no, yeah, I do see what Santi's saying. They're the biggest competitor for Bayern, we'll say, the last decade or so, and probably, you know, all time is Borussia Dortmund. And even even they just, you know, you see their players go to Bayern Munich. And they're also known as a, a selling club. Like, yes, they produce this, these these great talents. Um, these guys come through through, Dor- through Dortmund and then get sold off to the top clubs in the world. And it's, you know, they're, they're, they're big on their fan base and stuff. But eventually, you kind of have to demand success from the team. And, you know, Bayern, they have a rich history of success and winning. But I think the other clubs have to, to really hold their ground and try to, you know, make an effort to at least try to compete and make it interesting. Um, in the Prem, we have the big six, right? We call it the big six. In the Liga, we have Atletico, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. And every now and then Sevilla. Every now and then Sevilla. Um, Italy, they have Inter and AC, Juve. Napoli, and Juve. Lazio. And what can, we re- what can we really say in, in Germany? We have Bayern and Dortmund, and even sometimes Dortmund, they finish. Like last year, they struggled to make the Champions League last year. Yeah, yeah. They, they're coming off a significant amount of, you know, Bayern won by 13 points. And that's kind of just a, an ongoing trend year by year. Um, you know, Wolfsburg this year, they look, they look pretty legit. Can they can they sustain that through the whole the whole season over there? Hopefully. Um, yeah, the top of the league by two we're, points. Because, you know, they're unbeaten so far, so they're, we're going to need a title challenger. You know, Dortmund's still in there, but... Holland says he wants to score average a goal a game, and that's what Dortmund's going to need to compete for this title. So, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the solution is, but I hope they find it fast because you know not a lot of interest in the Bundesliga. It's just if it's going to be Bayern every year. Yeah, yeah, no. You you mentioned Holland wanting to average a goal a game. 
he got on the score sheet twice this past week against uh, what was it, Baron Leverkusen. That game was insane, fellas. What do you got for us? Well, like we said, Erling Holland back to his his usual ways. Um, he had a statement after um, his game for Norway, and he said he could score more goals. And he came out and did it did it today. Uh, it was definitely a thriller. Uh, they went down really early. Uh, Dortmund did. Uh, Florian Wirtz scored the, uh, the opener uh, with less than 10 minutes in. Patrick Schick, who had a, a nice Euro campaign, he was able to get on the score sheet as well. But eventually, you know, the, the, the penalty winner by Holland was able to edge it out. And, you know, Dortmund sitting up there with nine points, third place in the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, good game throughout. Paulinho's on Leverkusen? Like Paulinho, Paulinho? <laughs> I have no idea. Let me see this. Paulinho. Oh, no, this different Paulinho. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ex Barcelona prodigy. Other no. Paulinho prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, big big win for Dortmund in an exciting game, and we need some more games like that in the Bundesliga too. And hopefully, Leverkusen can can keep pressure on teams like that, so they can try to get a top four finish and hopefully compete. Well, yeah, look, you say you know more games like that. Yeah, it was very exciting, you know, high-scoring game, seven goals um, end-to-end. But, you know, watching watching over the game, I feel like it, it's very sloppy, the, the way of playing. Like, the, the, a lot of the goals were just kind of like just terrible giveaways on Dortmund's end, at least. It was just terrible giveaways. It's not, it was just – it does not look attractive or – but. I feel like that's just kind of like the 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 playing style in Germany. In um, terms of what the defending, not the like ov- uh, overall. Like I don't know. Like it just felt kind of like I've said it before to you guys off air, but I feels like sometimes like I'm, I'm watching like a Sunday league game. You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, no, whatever. Hopefully, I'll I'll say it a, a thousand more times. I hope Bruce Dortmund actually make a run in and, and challenge for the title and, and win the champions league is back this week fellas so we must beg the question what do you think we can expect from the premier league teams this season luisito <laughs> uh, in terms of this match week or the whole UCL campaign? Um, let, let's go with in terms of, of the whole UCL. The whole UCL? I mean, I think we spoke about it a lot in our expectations video, but obviously, you know, everyone's big on City and Chelsea for, for obvious reasons. Um, Liverpool, I know some of you guys had them. You know, Santi, I don't think you had them getting out of the group this year. And... You know, all that, all that depends on form and, and uh, player health. Player health for Liverpool. No, I said uh, they're getting out the group. No. So you were skeptical, though. You were skeptical. Said, yeah, but I was saying Athletic was the one that's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, what it was. You, you were skeptical a little with both, but okay. But, and last team, Man United, they're, they're not in the most difficult group. But, well, we made those predictions before Ronaldo came in, right? So. I think that changes the, the, the landscape of that group. So I, I expect them, I expect all these teams to get out of the group stage, all four of them. 
And I think City and Chelsea will end up going the farthest. I think City at least have to get to the semifinals. United will at least have to get to the quarterfinals. Mm, semifinals for United? No, no, no. Quarter, quarter, quarter. <laughs> uh we're expecting big things from Chelsea. They obviously, you know, the defending champions. So we'll sit. Damn, I think it, it all depends on form. We could be having a completely different conversation in in January, February when the, the knockouts get started. Right, right. All right. Well, okay. So then in terms of this match week, right? Um, you know, do you do you guys see any updates going on? Santi, why don't you you answer that one? You see any updates for, for match week one of the Champions League? You mean updates upsets? Upsets? upsets, bro. What was I saying? <laughs> updates. Yo, no. don't don't edit that. Do not edit that, bro. Keep it in. My B. English is also not my first language. Anywho. Hold on, no let case. me let me check all the, the entire match thing. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, check it, check it. I'm gonna redo that. All right. Upset. I mean, can Atalanta be Villarreal away from home? Is that an upset? I don't know. I think it's a pretty even game. Um I mean, according to the odds, I think Wolfsburg. Yeah, Wolfsburg is the one that's not favorite. I think Lil's the one that's favorite. So I guess that's an up, upset. Oh, I well, can see. I can see Porto going into Atletico and beating them. In yeah, yeah. So uh, into match week one, in my opinion, I don't think it's it's all that appealing. Um, and the the best matches, in my opinion, are, are on Wednesday, and that'll be Inter Real, Atletico, Porto. Liverpool, Milan, and that's pretty much about it. Um, but the other matches, they seem pretty well-rounded. So in terms of I, – I feel like the Atletico Madrid game and, and Porto game, I feel like that's the only match where I can only see like an upset because I, I can't see Porto beating Atletico. Um, that's more of like what I was getting at because, I don't know, these these other teams, like I just think it's, it's too – it's pretty even, you know, unless right. you want to – Unless you see Malmo beating Juventus, which I don't know, based off of how they've been performing, who knows? Maybe. And you know what? You know what? No, I also at Atlanta since VRL are Europa League champions. Right? Is that to consider? I mean, I guess that's considered an upset. That's. Yeah. Lou. Um, you know, City. I know I keep thinking I keep giving Leipzig more credit than they deserve, but you know, it could always be a tricky fixture, but I think City handled it at home. Um, I think the team that might have the most trouble, like you guys said, are, are Atletico and I think Liverpool as well, facing AC Milan and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, depending on how AC Milan come out and turn up, I think they could give Liverpool some problems. But I do expect them to to win the game. But you know, that could go either way. Uh right. Inter and Real Madrid, that could also be another interesting matchup. Um, I don't – Inter are at home. But Real Madrid are just way too good for them, obviously. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll possibly handle that. Um, I don't think – I'm not on the portal train with you guys. Um, I think it's nah, – you don't see it? I, I'm, more, I'm, I'm more because I just think Atletico are just struggling. That's, that's more my reasoning. They are struggling, but I think Simeone will wind up in – you know, he'll set up his big terrorist wall and <laughs> and I think he'll edge out a draw or a win. So I, I, I can't right. I can't see that going any other way. The Besiktas Dortmund game looks pretty interesting now that I'm looking at it. Especially with uh you know Michi Bashwai joining and, and Marilyn Pianich joining as well. Um so 
Oh, I can see Besiktas getting a result, at least a draw, I could see. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel think, like that, that could be a good one. Um, I think Wolfsburg and Leo could be pretty interesting, as well as Salzburg and Sevilla, too. Yeah. I can see that. One. I can see Sevilla. Well, well, Wolfsburg off Bundesliga form and Leo, you know, we don't know, we don't know what Leo we're gonna get. They've been struggling a lot in League on, so I think I think Wolfsburg gets that, that W there. And I hope Malmo, I hope Malmo beat Juventus, obviously. <laughs> you guys see Barcelona getting a result over? No, nah, they're gonna get embarrassed. I think it's gonna be three one Bayern. Yikes. Yikes, yikes. Who knows? Barcelona didn't get to play this weekend, so players will be well-rested as opposed to Bayern Munich players. So maybe we could get a little upset. I guess you could call that an upset with the way that Barcelona looks to be shaped in right now. It's going to have to be Memphis and Ansu Fati and Frankie Dijon. Not back yet. So then Memphis and Frankie Dijon. What what happened to Braceweight? He's, he's, he's not playing. He's not playing. GG. He's injured, I think, right? Well, the Barcelona GOAT is injured, according to Santi, so it's going to be a tough one for FC Barcelona. But, uh, hey, sorry. I'm buying, sorry. The, I'm buying the pie stock, man. He's scoring. Um, to go back on this point from future predictions for the Prem teams, I think it's whichever three it is, three of them make the semifinals. And at least one get to the finals. Three three prem teams in the semis. I you know I could see that. I feel like with the way that three the, prem teams in PSG. Yeah, yeah. No, I was actually reading an article earlier that was talking about how um, PSG and the and the Premier League is pretty much going to run rampant this Champions League season, and they made a good point that you know wherever the money goes in terms of these clubs, that's that's pretty much where the trophies follow. Um, the past. The past couple of seasons, you know, we haven't seen any La Liga teams in, in the Champions League final at all. Um, and with, you know, the, the disappearance of Messi and Ronaldo from those leagues, I'm not I'm not really too confident that they're going to make that much of a great running. But, you yeah, know, I could see I could definitely see all four Premier League teams making a huge run with the exception of Liverpool. Of yep. the, well, no, <laughs> with you got to include. PSG, not with uh, from a Premier League team, but no, I know, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely gonna. But yeah, so like I said, final guaranteed. Three, 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 three prime teams with PSG, and then at least, oh, yeah, one is gonna make the final at that point. I'm gonna lead a prime team and then PSG for the final, whichever prime team it is. Word, I could get behind that. Well, all right, guys, that's all the time we have for this episode of the False Nine. Thank you guys for listening very much. This was Edwin, Santi, and Lewis for you. Make sure to tune in later on in the week where we have another episode for you guys. Smash that like button. We really appreciate you. This was the False Nine Podcast, baby. Oh, oh, oh,